Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And Celeste is still hard at work in the kobold mines. Uh, I came up with that term right now, but fear not, dear listener, I am not alone. Because with me is... I am, uh, my name is Dominic, uh, also known as DM Slithy Toads. Done. And you have been here once before, right? I keep feeling like it's been more times than that, but it's only been once. Yes, I uh, got to uh, guest in on uh, the main podcast. We were talking about story threads. Perfect. Well, we are going to weave some more threads today in what can only be described as like maybe a really long taking your supplements, maybe a light bulb, kind of an article, but not really. So today we're going to be talking about a website that you presented. And it's funny because I don't feel like I've heard, I had heard the term Obscura before. Then there was Candela <laughs> Obscura from Critical Role. And then you told uh-huh. me about a website that got me honestly very confused because I started mixing the two up in my brain. I'm like, is this a Critical Role thing? This is not the critical role thing. Tell me about the website we're going to work with today. All right. This is an organization called Atlas Obscura. And some of the listeners might be familiar with it. But if not, oh, my goodness. You know the old saying, uh, truth is stranger than fiction? Oh, it's so funny. I was so ready with that one, too. Yes, I do. I beat you to it. Yeah. Atlas Obscura is founded on... Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. It's a collection of places around the world uh, gathered by folks who traveled. Originally, it was put together by a small team of, you know, people who just really enjoy traveling. But also, they wanted to keep finding the little interesting things that get lost behind the big tourist attractions. And so instead, they started writing, oh, well, here's an interesting little thing here. Sometimes it's the world's largest ball of twine, but sometimes it's here's a really interesting lamppost and here's why it's interesting and the history behind it. They do rely a lot on the public to submit more places as people travel. So the input is growing in terms of what it is. And they've got a team that go through and edit and research and stuff like that. But just some incredible places that you would never expect. Yeah, and, and a really good example to sell. I, I don't know. Are we? I mean, good on us for selling their website. I don't know. But, <laughs> but basically, the idea that the first one on today is the unsettling legend of Maryland's native cryptid, the Snallygaster. Oh, so it's isn't not that great? Ju- yeah. So it's not just you know ball of twine or come check out this statue, um, which also I really feel like could work for your TTRPG world campaign or whatever. But like the idea that you could even start here. Like this is the rumor that your group could hear in a tavern and then whatever the follow-up you make it, like how much you play into this story or just use it as a jumping off point. But the idea that like you can, I mean, you could be at the table and say, I don't know. And then click onto the website and be like, now I know. And this, this is what we're interacting with. Oh, it's so good. And even if you just look, looking at the picture alone and the name, a spoiler if. uh, if anyone want, wanted to go and look up Snallygaster, which is a great name for a monster. But, you know, it's a cryptid. It's mysterious. Is it really out there? There's legends of this thing. But look at it. It's got claws. It's got teeth. Kind of inky, dribbly. Just the picture alone. I could come up with a, a couple of different ways to throw a side quest of hunting the Snallygaster or something along those lines. And that's before 
we've even started exploring the website. Yeah, which I think, well, the other thing is, I think of note is to also think about like the idea that, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And it, this took me a long time to remember because it, it wasn't, it was not yesterday, but there was a post uh, back when it was only called Twitter uh, from James L. Sutter, who's really heavy into Pathfinder, who basically looks at a map of New Orleans and says, what is even going on with this city? If I were to mm-hmm. receive this from a freelancer, I would just have all kinds of notes and basically say, no, this is not okay. But like, that's the natural, like, you know, like having so many other people and doing things at different times over hundreds of years, like the way something forms is so different than, you know, a single designer looking at a map and building a city. Well, it's like, well, of course, when does that ever happen? You know, when does that ever really happen in the real world where a single mind completely plans and develops a city? Well, exactly. It's you look at the history of humanity we're in an incredibly organic species and particularly i mean really you have to look for large civilizations perhaps the ancient egyptians constructing massive pyramids or the uh, some of the mayan peoples constructing giant pyramids it turns out pyramids are just one of the most stable things to build so you know it's long triangle. time ago they, but when you've got a town that is based on footpaths and horse and cart paths that then you try and build up into a city, all of a sudden it makes no sense for roads. And from our modern perspective, we're left scratching our heads because why on earth would you have seven roads meet at one junction? That's the most ridiculous thing. You can find that in London. That's called the Seven Sisters. It's actually a pretty cool spot. And (laughs) I've already stumbled my way past the Scallygaster to a maze Based on the Paris catacombs. Oh, which, yeah. Which I, Ooh. which when I was there, I was not able to go to. It was like one of my only things, mm-hmm. but they had recently flooded. So then no tours were allowed. And I was very disappointed. Safety. Uh, I understood the reasons. I didn't have to like them, but I definitely understood them. The title of the, which I feel like we've, we've done, we've encompassed what's happening. So I think we should go to the exercise mm. and which I have entitled this exercise. Show me the world. Because oh, absolutely! Uh, shining, shimmering, terrifying. Um, <laughs> so there are there are two key buttons on this website that look a little bit different depending on mobile versus desktop. Go ahead if you want to go ahead and explain what those buttons are. Certainly, uh, if you pull up, pull up the Atlas Obscura website on uh, a mobile phone, possibly a tablet, not necessarily. There'll be two buttons at the top. One says places near me, and that will ask for your location services, or random place. If you're using your desktop, you'll need to click the search, which is uh, the famous super simple circle with a line coming out of it. That kind of looks like a magnifying glass. Just click search, and that will give you the two buttons. I highly encourage you, if you are really in need of some inspiration, you're just not sure what to throw into there, go ahead and take a risk and click random place better believe i did oh i'm all i'm i'm already pleased it's almost the shirt i wore this morning <laughs> all right what's yours so i have thor's rock there's Dayston, england a geological wonder shrouded in myth interesting oh and these are such short reads oh i'm very pleased with what's happening just gives you a little snippet yep all right so how do you want to tackle this do you want to kind of explore and build out each one i think that would i think that would be best like the idea that we're going to add it to 
I mean, potentially the world of Day Bay or just our own game. So now I have Thor's Rock. Thor's Rock. So what's visually, can you describe the, what you're seeing? So I think what's happening is like, I can already see what I can already see why the myth forms. And that's another interesting thing. I can see a real world picture and I can already tell why we've decided that because it's a very looks about a two story large outcropping where it looks like basically Thor hit his hammer on this rock and there's like this huge divot. And so then you have mm-hmm. basically a nat- natural that's not true. Basically, you have Thor who came down and smote his hammer, obviously in an epic battle. Some people like to explain it away as a natural phenomenon that we're unclear as to why it happened. But those people are wrong <laughs> because Thor obviously. came down and smote his hammer upon this rock. Um, and the rumor mill as to why um, has been going and going. But but immediately my thing is like, OK, if we've already said this. And again, it's like really dependent on how your pantheon functions. But like once you start, I mean, okay, I don't know if I've said it before and I have to say it again. If your pantheon operates on Freddy Krueger rules, then this could work in the sense that everyone is constantly believing that this is a place of power specifically related to the God of Thunder, be it Thor or whoever has that title in your world. Mm -hmm. Eventually that rings true because everyone keeps believing Right. Is that almost in the way of the um, Kuatoa tendency where enough belief eventually brings about? Yep. The other the other is uh, orcs from Warhammer 40,000. One of their rules is red makes it go faster. So if you have one of your models painted red, you get another inch of movement because their belief is so strong as a society, a connected society that they basically have what's referred to in that world as psyker powers. So like basically belief truly makes their vehicles move faster i'm all for that anyways and to a certain extent you it's uh, this is a sidetrack but i think statistically it can be proven that a red vehicle is more likely to be pulled over for speeding than uh Mm -hmm. any other color of vehicle so it's interesting how anyways sorry nonetheless with thor's rock here you've got an interesting landscape feature so the, the question be- becomes, sir, you can add an interesting geologic feature to your world, but what draws the players and why should the player care about it? So uh, the other thing I think is, what if someone's actively trying to use it and be it for, for something nefarious? And this could, this could be low level, high level, whatever version you want. It could just be that um, you go into a town and then they're all frustrated at the local, you know, the local wizard who keeps doing all these experiments at what is basically for them like a tourist, like you, because you could still go the tourist route where they're yeah. saying like, "Hey, can you help? This, this person over here is really messing messing things up for us because they're doing all these magical experiments out at this rock people like to go look at, and it's really running everyone out of here." Um, which then even creates like, "Do you have a, you know, do you have a, a battle? Do you just have a conversation?" What kind of things do you do to basically get this person to go away? But then additionally, especially, and to a certain extent, this is part of the unique function of TTRPGs, D&D being you know, very strong in this, of having an active pantheon is this could really be an active religious site, in which case you could have acolytes, you could have a shrine, you could have... And hey, they could be cashing in on the tourist aspect of it as well. They just take care of it. In which case, they are going to be unhappy about a wizard taking effect. 
But what grabs me about this is what if, certainly this is a, a unique geological feature that was created by uh, a deity, whether it be a deity, depending on you know the, the pantheon, lightning, maybe it's sky, maybe it's storms. But is that going to draw in elementals or even uh, storm giants? Is it going to draw in creatures that resonate with that kind of energy, which could introduce a whole field of potential trouble for the townsfolk, for the shrine itself is we're for whatever reason, storm giants are drawn to this too, and now they want us to go away or be their servants or something. Yeah, the other thing I thought, because I clicked on one, and there's definitely a lot of graffiti over the years, but it's also graffiti I certainly can't read. So like, it's mm-hmm. not even using like your, you know, uh, like the alphabet per se. It's using a different alphabet than I am used to. Uh, and uh, my next thought was. Now all of a sudden I have like super strong national treasure vibes of like, like figuring it out. And then there's like, is there an entrance that opens? And now there's like a whole dungeon underneath because that's always the interesting thing. It's like, I feel like one of, but the idea that like sometimes, and I, maybe it's just me not doing it as much, but like finding the dungeon is rarely a thing. Like you just are in the dungeon or like, you know about the dungeon or, you know, the difference between, the national treasure vibe versus, hey, uh, in Waterdeep, there's a well and there's just open and you could just go into Undermountain anytime you want to. Sure. Yeah, it's if it's something that's known about, but there starts to be issues with it. You've got uh, you've got a story, you've got a quest, you've got a goal. OK, I think we I think we've done work with Thor's Rock. But now the question is, which one did you get? I'm actually going to grab my book because there was one that I loved. I just wanted to note that I'm grabbing this book from between my collected works of Douglas Adams in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. So it's in good company. It's all world building. Exactly. I've got a shelf. Oh, and there's my uh, book of Nikola Tesla journals. Okay, here it is. This one immediately grabbed me as soon as I saw it. And I've already started adding notes to put it into my world. Here it is. It's called the Turda Salt Mine. T-U-R-D-A. Turda Salt Mine. Salina Turda. There it is. Turda Kui. This former salt mine, excavated by hand and machine over hundreds of years, is now a subterranean fairground. Operational from the times of the Roman Empire until 1932, the mine closed for 60 years and reopened to the public in 1992. The microclimate, a steady 53 degrees Fahrenheit, or 11.6 degrees Celsius, year-round with high humidity and no allergens. <laughs> uh, let's see, they include a Ferris wheel, mini golf course, bowling alley, and underground lake with paddle boats. To offset the darkness, bright lights hang vertically on strings from the 16-story ceiling, illuminating dripping stalactites with blue-tinged glow. What's happening? Why? Sure, sure. So with over 2,000 years of history, highly preserved galleries, and futuristic underground attractions... Why? If you want something a little spooky, you've got an underground. It's incredibly saline. You know, it's a salt mine, so there's not going to be, shouldn't be living creatures. Uh, So it's an incredibly, should be an incredibly safe environment, provided you don't go in the water. But uh, what happens if the lights go out? But to me, this just speaks to, like, this seems so eerie to me. 
to have a, an to build an amusement park deep underground, 16 stories underground. I mean, these are real pictures and it's hard for me to process them. Um, yeah, but the idea that like the echo, the darkness, the damn man, this one, this one is scary. This one can get scary fast. It can. Absolutely. Especially if you've got some type of creature that has somehow adapted to a saline environment where ev no one expects there to be anything. Suddenly you've got us. You've got, well, another cryptid creature type of setting, perhaps you've got an attraction that is losing business because something is going wrong and they need to hire adventurers to help figure it out. It just feels so unsettling to see all this, uh -huh. like, like a, basically like a, like a circus yeah. at the bottom of a 16 story hole on top of a lake then and like a pitch black watered lake. Does that not just seem like a bad idea to you? That they just let people freely paddle boat in. Yeah, just it's all right. Go get in your boat and paddle around in the dark black water that you can't see into. And some of these people are like decently far away from like Ooh. the dock as well. Yeah. Well, this is amazing. And that ex that exists in our physical world, IRL, as they say. And uh, it's but it's so creepy and eerie a concept that it's not hard to imagine a way to build that into a TTRPG setting. Yeah, especially with some of the like the imagery is also really old, like some of the because you also have the Things that I get, you know, that your brain might think is uh, like a traditional for a D&D &D setting. Because like as soon as we turn, you know, turn the lights down or make them. I mean, that's the thing, though. Everything that's there that is modern can in turn be magical. So like everything mm -hmm. you see can easily be explained with magic. Um, but there's also like just traditional minecarts. Um, and it could right. be it could be there's nothing stopping you from both. Like the idea that it is still an active salt mine, but is also at the same time has this touristy attraction where you're having people come in and oh, I saw another one where they're just in the boats. It's so weird. Yeah, it's, it is creepy, but I think the, the thing I love about Atlas Obscura as inspiration is because people had to sit down and figure out how to make these places and build them up you end up with so many story hooks. You end up with so many things that translate so beautifully well to be, it grabs you. It, it, it's hard not to buy into the reality of it because it's real in the real world. And in many ways, it makes a DM's job so much easier because you're not having to come up with all of the details. You've got pictures. <laughs> I'd add it. I mean, I, I, there's no reason not to. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. again, even if it's active and because those are the two directions you can go. Like, I, I love that this plants the seed for whatever reason you have. Like, it could be yeah. that, again, it's is it touristy or is it just an active salt mine? And so now, again, you, you the players are in town or they've been contacted one way or another to say, hey, Maybe the salt mine is super important because it's where all the salt comes from. So we have a problem, you know, do we have a um, a Balrog problem that we've delved too deep? And too greedily and too deep for salt. 
And so now we have to deal with that. Or is it just that or could it be that you decided to go 16 stories down and add an amusement park, which in my mind is just extremely loud in a place that is, you know, would be not not even just historically, but beyond history, very quiet. So the idea that like, what is that attracting um, or has attracted? rather? I, I loved that one when I found it. Can, I, I, I don't I hope you don't mind. I sent you one more that I found. Yes. This, dear, dear listener, due to the fact that this is close to Halloween, um, and we will try not to not to frighten you too much. I mean, I just just the sheer name of everything. Let me let me see if I can get the uh, pronunciation. La Isla de las Muñacas. I apologize. My Spanish is uh, dusty. Island of the Dolls. That in and of itself is going to have a few people uncomfortable just as is. The, this would be one of those times where you probably need to find out what your players are comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it feels like when you go to a place and you get all the locks are on the chain link fence. Right. This feels like the opposite of that, um, because often those locks are done with love. and Kind of romantic, yeah. Yeah, romantic and, you know, you're both putting it on there. That kind of thing. I mean, I guess, you know. I don't want to deter anyone from their their signs of affection, but I don't know that putting dolls all over an island is what that is. Because a rusty lock is certainly something very different visually uh, than dolls that are then falling apart all over uh, an entire island. Uh, even the article that uh, Atlas Obscura includes here on Island of the Dolls includes other such things such as unsettling, horrifying, doll infested. I mean, that doll infested are two words that I never thought of putting together and just really make me uncomfortable. Oh, it all just started with one person. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, which is, which is an interesting thing because like it could, you know, even going back to like the Thor's rock, like this sort of thing taking again, like it taking, I guess that's how all of this works. Mm -hmm. Belief, belief is a powerful thing, um, be it in your own ability to do something or generally speaking about an area. But the idea that, you know, one person likely could have started this is just a deterrent. Like, I don't want mm -hmm. people to bother me. So I'm going to do this kind of off the wall, creepy thing so that people just leave me alone. And then right. do they move? Do they, you know, do they pass away? Does something happen? And then it just becomes this thing that everybody does. And now it's even creepier. And now does something else decide, hey, what a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for setting up this, this amazing island for me now to exist on. Uh, cool. And now anyone that goes there doesn't leave. I feel like that feels like prime hag territory to have like someone did this for whatever reason a long time ago. Other people see it are, are inspired for their own ways. You know, there's always going to be like the slightly more macabre individuals who are like, oh, I revel for this. I'm going to go add my own to it. And it builds and gains in its own, it, it gains its traction as a play, a unique place. But just the general feel of creepiness and unsettling begins to inhabit and build upon itself and gain its own momentum. Uh, just the unsettling, which... So much of the Fae is drawn to those centers of emotion. 
Yep, and we would be we would be remiss if Celeste is not here not to then, oh. uh, mention the Feywild. So my thought is mm-hmm. like, okay, so over time, does this thin that veil? And like, oh, absolutely. The the idea of putting Baba Yaga's hut in the middle of this instantly perfect, easy. Like why? Yeah. So have or having like you said any any hag that has gone from the Feywild to here could easily fit there. The other thing I think is, what if those are rumors that they are putting out? Um, the mm-hmm. idea of further obscuring all of the things that are happening to say like, oh, no, it was just it was just a guy. It was just a guy right. who came here like 50 years ago, put some dolls up. Come on down. Totally fine. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, it's, it's fine. You know, yeah, yeah. you don't have it's to. Not, it's, oh, I'm in fact, deeply, deeply worried about it. In fact, all you need to do. But, uh, we don't charge much, just another doll. Add, you know, bring a doll to add in, and you it, you can walk around f- just for free. And, uh, you know, some people get lost, but you know, that's their own fault. So many people have gone. So many people want to go. Because uh, on the on the, the website, it, mm-hmm. it shows a tally, and this is by far the highest number of have been there and also want to go there. Exactly. And really, it does capture a lot of people who have that sort of almost, would you say, dark sense of humor, perhaps? Well, and it's just a curiosity. Like, I mean, there's like how I can see it. I mean, I don't know that I personally want to go there, but I understand the concept of wanting to go there. Thor's Rock is much more up my alley. Oh, yeah. Than this island. Now, that said, this island is much closer to me than Thor's Rock. So um, I'm not checking out what to go there. No? Okay, well. That's fine then. I'd have to create an account. That's the real stop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, who knew that that would be such a barrier these days? No. Okay, so now that we've knocked those three out, I think a, yeah. the good thing to round this out is what are you were mentioning some other ways that a person could interact with this content because it sounds kind of like they've just run the gamut of potential ways that a person could use Atlas Obscura. Yes. Uh, so there is. They do have a podcast the Atlas Obscura podcast. It's actually really enjoyable because they're not long. Like their posts on the website or the app, the podcast app, here I am advertising another podcast. I'm sorry, I don't want to drive traffic away, but seriously, good inspiration here. It's the only way, it's the easiest way we find guests. It's literally all Really? What they do is uh, the podcasts are 10 to 15 minutes. They're not long. They're very well produced and the sound design is excellent, if I say. And they're well researched and then presented. And you just get the little snippets. And so it's a really easy way on the go. If you don't have time to sit down and dig around on a website, uh, but you got to drive some, you've got to drive to work or something like that. If you've got to commute the Atlas Obscura podcast, it's very, sometimes it's very pleasant uh, and enjoyable. Sometimes it's a little unsettling. They don't have any problems explore. And they'll, they warn if they're like, all right, there could be some potentially uncomfortable things just to be aware of if they are ever covering that. But they are very well done. And the stuff that they're talking about is all over the world. So far beyond just our own backyard, even though there's tons of amazing things in our own backyards, it's all over the world. So you're getting, you're exposed to so much more culture that you're not familiar with, which I think is value in and of itself for all of humanity. But as a DM, it's quick little tidbits that are easy to grab and go. 
Yeah. And if you get in there and you think, wow, this is really something I enjoy. The other one I would suggest is Cabinet of Curiosities um, from yes. Aaron Mankey, um, who does lore. I mean, lore is great, but it often is. It's a heavy, it's a much heavier lift. It's often an hour, whereas the Cabinet of Curiosities also comes in at like that 10 to 15 minute mark. But yeah, then you have, you're looking in a book, um, the mobile website, there's an app, there's, I mean... At this point, I assume there's a newsletter that I could get in my email or someone will Probably. hand write me a letter and send it to my home if I sign up for it, which would be even creepier. Uh, I, I don't know. Like It'd that. be nice to get mail that isn't bills. If it's someone handwriting me a, a note about the Island of Dolls. No, it wouldn't be. No, dear deal. Let me tell you. A, oh, dear. Yeah, that could be that could be a problem. I mean, if someone really does, I'm sure someone would really enjoy uh, that process. Uh, and I am not that person. <laughs> but if Probably. you, but speaking of that, if you enjoyed us and you want to review this exact podcast, head over to your podcatcher of choice, Apple Podcasts, uh, and wherever we're found, which because everywhere can just scrub our RSS feed, it could be anywhere. And I would have absolutely no idea. After you do that, if you want to tell us about a place that you have been, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And if you head over to Twitter, a.k.a. X for now, who knows? You can follow us at DMS underscore block. That's at DMs block. Me at Jotmaniac. And I am at Dominic Tuttle. Done and done. And of course, for everything else on the network, blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. Oh, absolutely. A huge thank you to the bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more at about Bombarded at BombardedCast.com. With that, though, let's head to the post-workout cool-down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. Uh, I know we've talked about it before, but I know, I know now it is in the beta. But tell me about today's light bulb. Absolutely. Today's light bulb is a, an app in development uh, called Modern Sam. Tagline is, every adventurer needs their Sam. If you couldn't tell, the founder is a big fan of Tolkien. <laughs> nice. But basically, it's gamifying uh, getting things done with ADHD. It, uh, it includes a fantasy story, which is, is quite enjoyable. It allows you to build your to-do lists and then tick them off as you get through them. Each day, it gives you a selection of what they call town quests, which are simple things such as uh, donate things to charity or do 10 push-ups or listen to some music or reach out to a friend for coffee. Simple little things that if you're feeling stuck in the moment, you're not sure what to do with yourself, they're attainable tasks to get built, start building some momentum. In addition, within the story that's been built, which is fully voice acted, you can, there are little challenges along the way to keep you moving and keep your activity up. You can explore and fight monsters and then collect little cards of those monsters when you defeat them. You can customize your tent. They've got a variety of voiced guided meditations and uh, the individual who do the voice, the guided meditations, the, their voice is just magical. <laughs> I, uh, I had to edit those. Uh, I've been doing a lot of the sound design and editing um, in terms of the, the for the voiceover artists, uh, and I also voice the mascot of the uh, the storyline. Nice. So, but I, it's it's a lot of fun. I've just in the beta form. I've honestly been really enjoying it. 
which is great when you've been involved with the production of it and then you still are enjoying it once it's come once it's coming together you're not sick and tired of it i think that speaks a lot interesting because it's also like gamifying mental health and i think i've brought it up before but the idea that like there is this mentality of you know that the hustle and the hustle is fine and i'm not i'm not saying it, it it doesn't have to be inherently bad but i think you just get lost in that sauce if i just mm-hmm. sit here and i try to put in just nonstop nose to the grindstone 8 10 12 hours worth of something those last bits are hot garbage because you're just you're just for, or you're almost forcing it too much you're not taking that time to let, give your brain a break to take that step away and then come back um, so the idea of just gamifying, in a way, mental health is it okay? I need to stop because it, even the simple task may lead you to something else. Like the idea that, like, just to pull an example of, ask so and so out to coffee, or you know, ask a friend out for coffee. The idea of mm-hmm. like, well, okay, but then now I now I need to mentally process, okay, but who, when, and so now you know, getting again, not getting lost in the sauce of just work, 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 work. Um, right. A work, 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 work. <laughs> I that, I didn't say it. It wasn't me. Yeah, I could not say it. Um, but the idea that like having something to help or even like you said, get up. Because I, I also I also know myself like as soon as I stay in that chair for too long, I just start to get groggy. Like it's just I need to get up. I need to move my body. I need to pump some blood. Like you said, is it crank out 10 pushups? Sure, let's go. Or is it even just walk, walk outside? Like Just walk outside. I mean, mm-hmm. go touch grass literally and literally and figuratively go and touch grass just do something yeah but the idea of like having that tool help you and you know it's always hard it's like and i understand the fine line and different mentalities of like you shouldn't have to do that and i'm like yeah but but where do we where do we go between uh yeah i don't have to but i absolutely can and like why would i not utilize a tool that is now available sort of thing uh, to get me up and do something because again getting getting lost in the work or even gaming like mm-hmm. even if it's you know even if it's a certain pastime like the idea of, you know just oh oh cool 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 it's real bright outside because i kind of forgot how time works and now the uh, sun's up and i've been playing world of warcraft for way too many hours i've only done that a couple times yeah i've definitely done that with world of warcraft Yes, uh, Diablo 4 is more my jam these days, uh, but I did jump back into WoW recently. Used to be used to be Halo for me back when, when I was younger. Oh, yeah. I love having options. I love my, my wife is a very organized person, and I am not. Uh, and so she loves making lists and working through them. And I cannot tell you how much more effective it has been for me just in the beta Building my to-do list, but every time I tick one off, I get a little thing that says plus one energy. Mm-hmm. That little visual tickle in for my gamer brain. Neil, I cannot tell you how like I've gotten so much more done in the past three days <laughs> since the beta launched. I'm trying to think of how many years ago this was because it was not. Uh, I mean, it was the last. I mean, I was at one job for a while, so then it was before that. So this is probably. I mean, eight to almost 10 years ago where I was I was developing an online course system for the college I worked at. And one of the big tools that we were looking at was literally like gamification of that process because mm-hmm. online courses are hard. You, both sides need to be really good at it, be it the instructor as well as the student. So one of the tools was uh, potentially gamifying 
that process of completing a project and then, you know, using using the same terminology of like getting another energy. Right. But yeah, there, there were different or even just gamifying aspects of learning of gamifying math or gamifying uh, English and, you know, the, the different aspects. So it's definitely a thing like there's there's there is science, science um, around the idea of gamifying most processes, because like that's kind of how we're getting rewired as a people. But if you even want to like take a practical uh, perspective on it, I suppose it's jumping away a little bit. But do you ever play Portal? Mm-hmm. or Portal 2. Phenomenal games. I will continue to dream and hope for a Portal 3. Ooh. But I, apparently uh, Valve refuses to comment, which means they haven't said no. But the it's puzzle. Effectively, what you're doing is you are solving puzzles, but something with uh, as complicated as Portal, they gently bring you up, introducing new ideas and formats to solving the puzzles, introducing a new mechanic, introducing a new mechanic. And you can get so far along in solving these mechanics that you start to forget, oh yeah, I've got a Portal gun. That's like the primary mechanic because I've got all these other things. But they've taught you a different level of spatial awareness and problem solving that you didn't realize you were learning simply because it's a game where you set one portal on the ceiling, one portal on the floor, then you wait until whatever you dropped in there is moving fast enough and switch the location of the portal on the floor and watch that thing fire out at Mach 2. You build the momentum. Absolutely. Oh, there's so many great things. All right. But perfect. um, So for um, Modern Sam, just to to note, uh, the version one officially launches December 19th. Um, so it's in the beta at the moment. Those who backed on the Kickstarter are helping with the beta testing and such right now. Anyone who is interested, you can still go to modernsam.com uh, and you can uh, learn more about it. You can take a little personality test and find out which class you get and which house you'd be put into. It's it's a fun way to personalize as you go. Okay, well then that'll be in the show notes. But with that, we're going to head out of the gym. Right. Yes, yes, yes. We'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Uh, but before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to go. Go find us, uh, whether it's on the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else, um, and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?